better, yeah. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Um, welcome to this really big house and home we get to call Acts 29 plus all around the world and those sitting here. And um, welcome to this gathering of family of families. It's really good to be here. Can you turn my guitar down? Somebody. Jeremy, can you turn my guitar down? There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, He comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet's call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Oh, these are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, lift your Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And these are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David, rebuilding a temple of praise. These are the days of the harvest. The fields are as wide in the world. And we are the laborers in your, in your declaring the word of the Lord. 
on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hills, salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, not of silence till salvation comes. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Shining like the sun at the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Oh, lift your voice. It's the year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation Nice finish. You guys want to step back for a second, then I'll say a few things, and then you guys can come back. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds. So, guys, uh, this is our last Sunday here, and uh, the guys at Pilgrim have been really good to us, and we've been blessed and we've benefited, and now we get to move again, and. Uh, I was just wondering if, if, um, if you hung out with Jesus, man, it must have been such a rush. Eh? Every day you never know what would happen. Like some days it would be sitting on a boat, some days it would be walking. I'd prefer sitting on a boat. And then some days the donkey, Jesus would have to struggle with me to sit on the donkey. I'd say, Jesus...
Yeah. Sheldon, I mean, just because it's the last Sunday doesn't mean you've got to go sabotaging things. This used to be your church at one time. <laughs> that was sharp, eh? Yeah. Okay, last Sunday. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was sharp. Let me pull that dagger out. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, for those of you who didn't watch Saturday Night Livestream, you should go watch it because um, it gives you what we are about to do in for the next one year. And so if you don't watch it, you will miss out on it. And I won't be able to cover it today, so you will miss out on it. So don't. Um, so, like I was saying, with Jesus, every day would be so uh, unpredictable and would have been one thing after the other after the other. And so... Um, why shouldn't God be any different now? He should be doing the same thing. Where from one day to the other, things are different. And so last Sunday after the service, last Sunday after the service, we went and saw a place um, uh, not too far from here, a Joy Street. And um, um, where are your parents? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went and saw this place, a Joy Street. I want, I want you to see it. I want you to see it uh, today. <laughs> Doesn't matter where we move, something's. <laughs> okay, so I'll have to describe. Uh. Okay, so it's at the corner of Joyce and Tanner, and uh, um, it's got this amazing view of the mountains and all that. And then uh, we went there and uh, uh, this place came up on Craigslist uh, about six days ago. And uh, we texted the landlord and the landlord said that he was willing to meet us Sunday after the service. So we I took a few guys from here and went and looked at the place. And it was quite amazing, man, because um, uh, like I said yesterday, it almost felt like there used to be a congregation there and then during the meeting they got raptured and they left everything behind. So it's like, if you go to the next picture, um, it's got an amazing uh, amount of space for parking and stuff like that. Got a garden that just needs a little bit of trimming because it was landscaped and now uh, it's kind of the weeds have grown and uh, we'll get that done. And so in future, we can even have stuff like barbecues out there if the law allows it. And um, uh, it's, it was built in 1967 when you go inside, uh, though it looks like a conservative church, uh, in terms of the way they've left it, it is fascinating. Go to the next one. So you step in there and everything was in such pristine condition, it was surprising. It was almost as if someone used to be there and suddenly they disappeared. They took nothing with them. The sound system is exactly as it was. The offering boxes, I checked to see if they left the offering, if they actually got raptured, but they seem to have taken the offerings. Uh, the projector, cameras, projector screen, air conditioning, uh, pews, super clean, um, really cushy, uh, chairs, the works, a sound system that's wired into every room. That room you see there on the side with the glass, that's a mum's room where mums can sit with their kids. Uh, the sound guys want it, but they'll have to get married and have kids before they can have it. So that's the mum's room. And then you come in through the entrance. Next one. 
And then you've got this amazing uh, multi-purpose room downstairs, which has a kitchen, and they didn't take the utensils. The utensils are still in the cupboard, so we have plenty of plates and stuff. Like they got more plates than I have at home, which isn't surprising, but it's such a clean um, downstairs and really cool downstairs. And then go one more, and you'll see that they have a sound system all set up, and it pipes into every room in the church. They got an organ, a pipe organ, and a Suzuki keyboard. And so um, um, uh, Sheldon will have to choose which one he wants to play on which song. And uh, I was very amazed at the way it was left behind. Uh, is there any other picture? That's all. And guys, the other thing is it's been locked for eight months. And these things are important to say. It's been locked up for eight months, but there's no dust and there are no cobwebs. How is that possible? I do not understand that. The guy hasn't gone in there. He doesn't know what is meant for what. He has no idea, the landlord. He bought it. The church sold it to him uh, for four and a half million dollars. He's going to redevelop it, but he won't get permits till about 18 months down the line. So he, we've taken it for one year, and then we'll see what happens thereafter. But for some strange reason, it reminded me of Deuteronomy. Not some strange reason. For obvious reasons, it reminded me of Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, verse... 10 to 12-ish, and it says, When God your God ushers you into the land he promised through your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, you're going to walk into large, bustling cities you didn't build, well-furnished houses you didn't buy, you come upon wells you didn't dig, vineyards and olive orchards you didn't plant. When you take it all in and settle down, pleased and content, make sure you don't forget how you got there. God brought you out of slavery in Egypt. And so... Um, we, 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 he was asking for about $8,000 initially, but we uh, said we couldn't go higher than $6,500. And so we'll be paying $6,500 uh, per month for one year. And we've already had, just like we rent here at Pilgrim, we've already had church, a church coming and asking if they could rent from us, which is a very strange position to be put in. We've never been in a position where people want to come and rent from us. So. We'll see how it works. Bob Cran mentioned it is another Baptist church who wants to rent in the afternoon. So by the way, we'll be moving to mornings. Uh, so um, it'll be 10.45 in the morning. 10.45 in the morning. And uh, uh, <laughs> so 10.45 in the morning. Uh, to whatever time, because now we don't have to leave, so it gives the pastor permission to preach longer, uh, among other things. <laughs> yeah, Sue is praising the Lord again. And so, so uh, starting next Sunday, 10.45 in the morning to this place, we'll have an open house here on Thursday from, say, 5 to... Hey, Sam. Um, uh, from 5 to 8.30, we'll have an open house. So you guys can come there, check the place out, find your favorite place uh, on the pews that you can reserve ahead of time for a small deposit of $5. And then um, check the whole place out. And if uh, you'll also know how to get there quickly. Hey, Sam, who have you brought with you, man? Hey, Dilna. Hi. Hi, Sam's sister. Um, yep. We'll still be live streaming, yeah, but uh, it'll be such different times. And uh, what else did I want to say? Yeah, um, the guy 
I, I said all this yesterday, but one of the things the guy said when he came and spoke to us was others came and asked uh, for this space and they were willing to pay more, but for whatever reason, uh, you guys seem to be giving the right vibe, so uh, it's all yours. And uh, we told him that uh, his business will be blessed because <laughs> in the past that's happened to people who've been kind enough to open their uh, room to us and I pray God that these guys prosper and we told him that if there's anything he needs then we have a Jesus who is able to heal, to help, to bless so please come and let us know. He's an East Indian guy who's not a Christian and uh, that happened and then I was going back all the years before, eh? we started in a warehouse where the capacity was eight people and then we moved to a coffee house, then we moved to restaurants, then we moved to um, um, places like this where we rented and then we moved to Main Street which was two uh, f uh, shop fronts uh, and we were paying $5,000 then we had to make the whole thing look uh, proper because it was in shambles when we first got there and so f for me I thought the next space would be something like that where you take it and then you have to make it good and then you have to uh, put the get, get stuff and put it in because it seems the most natural thing and it hasn't bothered us ever but strangely enough, this is like plug and play, man. And uh, just go in there and it's strange what God can do. And it can happen in 36 hours. That's what I want us to know. 36 hours, you can move from one phase in your life to another. And so I talked about it yesterday. Please go and listen to the teaching yesterday because otherwise... Uh, one of the ways I started yesterday's teaching was to say that one of the responsibilities of a leader is to help locate God's people in the kairos of God at any particular time in their lives. And that is what yesterday's message is about. So if you don't listen to it, you miss out on, ah, shucks, so what's God going to do for the next 12 months? That's why I'm asking you to listen to it. I know you have, uh, it's very hard to listen to all the stuff that we send out, but this one, make an effort. Other than that, yeah. Um, we won't be coming here next Sunday and all the house churches if you need space uh, you don't have to call ahead and book space you can meet there and uh, one of the things we decided was that we won't whine or complain if it is too far or the pews are not broad enough or narrow enough or uh, it looks too old or the fans are way too high or someone took my parking spot so we won't whine about these things and uh, we'll receive this as a gift from God for the next 12 months. Yeah? Any questions, guys, before we move on? Manoj, a question? No, I'm just Any questions? And all you guys with landscaping skills, uh, let uh, someone know. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, yeah, Betty. We. Oui. Uh, so let Betty know, uh, and um, Betty will uh, apportion to you a portion of the landscaping part. <laughs> and then you can do what you want with it. It's your little corner. Uh, just plant anything you want except sauerkraut. And so, does sauerkraut grow or is it made? Oh, it's cabbage. Well, <laughs> no planting cabbages then. Everything else is okay. Um, any questions, guys? Ruth, you have a question? Oh, okay. The service will be at 10.45 in the morning. 
And we don't know what other services we'll have during the week. It, there could be a Saturday, but there's definitely something on Sunday. And then we'll figure out the rest. Thursday, open house, you'll get a notice. Saturday, um, uh, my, uh, what's your name? May, do you want to just come and announce whatever you want to for Saturday? And then we'll move on. Does anyone have an answer to why there's no dust or cobwebs after eight months inside a building? New, new. Yeah, that's the answer I was looking for. Yeah. Go ahead, me. Hey, can you turn her mic on? Um, so there, I got a few questions that I wanted to answer for everyone about Saturday. I also have short-term memory. Um, you might have to go closer to the mic. Okay. I don't think I can get any closer. Um, <laughs> questions. Can you bring friends? Yes. Just let me know so we can account for food. Um, I think there is water taps there, but for drinking water-wise, please bring a bottle or for yourselves because um, it will probably be warm. Um, for those of you with kids, I would suggest bringing those, uh, if you have those, your own little tent thingies um, to cover up. Um, there is a shaded area, but it's standstill. You can't move it. Um, so you can either follow the shade around or bring your own. Um, Dogs? Sure. You can bring your cats, too. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Only, only dogs. <laughs> no cats. Uh, and... There is, um, we have a reserved like row of picnic benches, but I don't think there's enough chairs to sit everyone. So bring some of your own folding chairs too, that would help. And of course the usual sunscreen, extra water. Cool. Any other questions? Diana. Uh, plates and things will be provided. You got enough barbecues? Yes, we should. Yeah, so burgers and hot dogs, and then please bring a side thing to share, like a salad or fruit. Dana. Why are you going to salad and fruits immediately? I'm trying to listen to Diana. Okay, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so we booked one of the shelters, which has a certain maximum number of people, but there are two other shelters that are also booked, so all f there will be at least 150 people at that park. Um, there's about 100 parking stalls, so if you guys can carpoolish together, which I know you guys usually do anyways, um, that will help. Awesome. Cool. Hey, you wanna put up that thingy on the wall? The barbecue thingy. Hey, don't you need people to tell you they're coming or something? Yeah. yeah. Please let me know if you're not coming. Oh, sorry. Uh, please let me know if you're coming. Yeah. <laughs> this is not, I'm not taking time here. Right? This, you can't cut into my time.
Okay, that's helpful. And then the announcement. Cool. There, there are about three or four guys coming from Vernon. Cool. All righty. Um, hey, uh, Sam, you want to introduce your family? If you can pull your mark, masks down so we know when to wave at you next time we see you. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Hi. W what's your name? Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Uh, your friend hasn't turned up yet, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. We're supposed to make you feel welcome. <laughs> Dana, your friend hasn't turned up. That's Jagan. Uh, he looks different because he lost 15 kilos or 15 pounds. I'm not too sure which. Was it pounds or kilos? 15 pounds, yeah. So that's uh, Sophie's husband, Jagan. Cool. Um, Jane, you want to come back? Aaron, you've grown taller since I last saw you. Start with a couple and then we'll see. Hey guys, so after we sing these couple of songs, think of what you want to say to God before we exit this place and as we enter into the next place. See if God has anything specific he wants to release to you. Hey, uh, Shikha. At some point, you'll have to bring him up. Okay. Uh, so at, uh, think along the lines of, Father, what do you want me to say as we exit this place? And what do you want us to say as we enter the new place? Because next Sunday, we won't have any inaugural thingy. We'll go straight into what we normally do. So there'll be no fanfare. So what do you want to say? If God provides you something to say as we exit this place, think of that. And then what do you want to say, Father, as we enter that place? I will record the thing so you and I, we have an idea. Yeah? So we'll do that after these songs. Dessert song, and then our God will do. Desert song, dessert, not dessert. Desert Shall remain. I will rejoice. 
prayer. And this is my prayer in the battle, when triumph is still on its way. I am a conqueror and co-heir with Christ, so firm on his promise I'll stand. Oh, I will bring praise, I will bring praise, no weapon formed against me shall be. I will so I will bring praise. 
turned into wine. I open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. It's in there somewhere. Maybe the first one. None like you. Water. Water, you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Our God. Oh, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Oh, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any Guys, we are at the brink of something. Eh? This song means a lot. Things are going to change even though they've changed so many times in the past one year. Things are going to change again. It's going to be a rich change. We get a drink of it. We just don't get to see the transformation of things. We get a drink of it. And then we get to give it out. So as you sing this song, sing it standing here, but sing about tomorrow. Yeah? This is the last time we're going to meet here. Exit well, enter well. This song is like that Cana thing where suddenly eyes opened and they knew who Jesus was. This song will help us see what God has ahead for us. Sing it very differently than you've ever sung it before and I don't know what that means but sing it that way. Yeah? darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise with no one like you none like you into the darkness into the darkness you shine out of the ashes out of the ashes we rise with no one like you none like God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, yes, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? 
God had three in one Father, Spirit, and Son The Lion and the Lamb The Lion and the Lamb Star God, sing, sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God the splendor of the king the splendor of a king he's clothed in majesty let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. He trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. what you've done for us since 2013 it's almost been what I don't know when we came here but it's been ages of so on one hand we want to say things that have happened to us because of you as we leave and then we want to begin to speak about things that you're showing us that will happen as we step into a new phase in our lives But our hearts are pretty grateful, Father. So we'll just take... Gosh, it's hard to stop singing though, Father. What else do you have? And... And... Sing uh, Agnes Dave before we finish and then we can do the Raise a Hallelujah later. Okay. 
No. Father, we sing with grateful hearts. We acknowledge you, Lamb of God, worthy of praise. Gosh, you lead so well, Jesus. You lead so well.
You are Savior and our Lord. If you want to come up and share either something that God is showing you about what lies ahead or things that you want to say about what will soon lie behind, feel free to come up. And uh, which mic should they use? The middle one? Cool. Come, guys. Hey, Heidi, I, wanna, I want you to do something. Tell us how much we had when we moved into this place and what God has done for us financially. I'm not talking about numbers. Talking about when we left. People need to know how generous they've been and how blessed we are. Yeah. You in the hole? <laughs> when, uh, guys, when did we come here? 2013. 2013, we've been here. 2014. Wow, we've been here seven 15, years? 15, 2015. Which means... 2056 years. Which means dawn was seven when we came <laughs> here. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, 2050. Okay, uh, I, I don't have the numbers off. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, when we left Main Street and we came here, <laughs> we had very little money. <laughs> uh, Main Street... Heidi doesn't laugh unless there's a lot of money or very little money yeah very little <laughs> very. Uh, so so in, in a way god helped us uh to replenish in those years that we have been here um we uh, we invested the money on main street for a good purpose so it was a stretch for us but god has um blessed us in the long run he has brought us into a different stage as, nice. as a church and other people were added to the church as you all know and they have been a blessing for us um, uh, during the time here at pilgrim 
God has given us um, a time of, of replenishing that which we gave away. And we were able to bless others too. It was not just that Acts 29 has um, uh, increased financially, but others were able to receive blessings through us as Nandigama well. Nandigama happened here, right? Nandigama happened here. Uh, Kenya was still happening here. Uh, so a, a lot of things were, uh, we, were, we were able to do it because of uh, the blessing that Pilgrim gave to us in letting us stay here for a really good pr uh, rent. Um, and in the meantime, he has uh, increased us to a point where we can start a new phase and move to this new building, which is a new stretch. But we, we are able to uh, pay the initial costs that are required. And during the time, we were able to get all the new equipment that we needed for live stream and uh, taping and other things, Zoom, um, uh, to help us uh, on a worldwide scale too. So we, we have to, so in a way we are thankful for the time that we had here in Pilgrim and for the way we were blessed and yeah. uh, looking forward to um, the blessings that God has for us even in the stretching period of a new place. Cool man. Anyone else? Feel free to come up either about the past or the future. Um, as we were worshiping today, I, I saw Shepherd, and typically when I'm worshiping up here, I'm thinking about his majesty, I'm thinking about his glory, I'm thinking about how huge he is. But Shepherd is quite unique. And so I'm thinking back from my time being at this church, being growing with this church for the past five, six years, and um, I felt like it was really fitting at this point to bring this up, that God has been a shepherd to us this whole time for the yeah, history man. of your of this church of this church and um, I'm gonna draw from Psalms 23 the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing and in hearing what Heidi just said we had lacked nothing we had lacked nothing yeah he makes me lie down in green pastures and we were led from one green pasture to another green pasture to another green pasture and that's just his record and that's how he rolls that's how he that's yeah, how he man. works yeah man and he leads us down beside quiet waters always refreshing us and he continues to do this and he will do this in this uh, new place that we'll go he guides us along the right path for his namesake which is what he's always been doing growing us up in the way that we should go his good children being the good father and shepherd that he is and even though we walk through the valley i will fear no evil and all of us growing together we have encountered speed bumps and yet we don't fear and we yeah. always have hope we have this light his yeah, presence man. his fiery presence in the day, and his the other thing at night is the pillar of smoke. Fire, fiery, pillar, fiery pillar at night, and then the pillar of smoke in the day. You look that up, okay? Uh, and his rod and staff are always with us. We are very protected, very protected, carried in his arms. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and especially in what we're doing in the revival. This is going to happen. This is happening. And you anoint our heads with oil. You anoint my head with oil. And our cup overflows as it did before and will continue to do. And surely your goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives as we dwell in your house. And as we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. Very cool, man. Who else? Uh, like 
Bonnie Henry said you can clap louder. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah, Jill. You'll have to adjust the thing. Oh, you're going for the jugular. So as we were worshiping, I saw a picture of a chuck wagon. And when I think of chuck wagons, I think of pioneers. And so I think uh, just my sense was that God is saying that he's doing something awesome. new or pioneering something new. Um, the other thing that came to mind was in Genesis 12 when it talks about um, God saying to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. Huh. And for some of us, change can be kind of this like fear-filled thing, like, you know, what am I getting myself into? Um, but if Abraham didn't leave the place that he was in, he wouldn't have fulfilled God's call on his life, and he wouldn't have um, gone to where God had called him to be. So um, something to keep in mind. And so, yeah, I think God is pioneering. We're, God is working with us to pioneer something new. Awesome, man. So true. Every word we've received uh, echoes what she's said in the last 15 years. Anyone else? I still remember the first, it was October 1st, the Sunday I sat in here, and um, the word spoken Which year? 2017. Okay. Was it? I think so. Um, it was Deuteronomy 32, and I suspect that this it has been the reality for not just me over these past few years. He found me out in the wilderness in an empty, windswept wasteland. He threw his arms around me, lavished attention on me, guarding me as the apple of his eye. Awesome, man. He was like an eagle hovering over its nest, overshadowing its young, then spreading its wings, lifting them up into the air, teaching them to fly. God alone led me. There was not a foreign God in sight. God lifted me onto the hilltops so I could feast on the crops in the fields. He led me, he fed me honey from the rock and oil from granite crags, curds of cattle and the milk of sheep, the choice cuts of lamb and goats, fine bashan rams, high quality wheat, and the blood of grapes. I drank good wine. We drank good wine. So yeah, God, man. I just give you all the glory and praise. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I also got a picture of when we were worshiping, and it was of, like, in the middle of a war, a field, and there were just, like, blood and stuff strewn everywhere, but the picture was of riding on a horse going so fast through all of that, and then, like, reaching down and picking up people as we're going through this field, um, and, like, putting them on the back of the horse and taking them out of that, and I think that's one of the things that God is saying we're going to be stepping into even more than we have been mm. that it's not just maybe we've been running through the field before and like helping people reach the other side but now it's just like super fast horse racing all the way through grabbing people throwing them onto the horse taking them out and the other thing that I sense him saying about that is um, greater is he who is in us than he who's in he the world than anything that we see around us because we will be in 
in this war field. Like there'll be a lot of stuff going on, but we will be unharmed. Yeah, very cool, man. Hey, someone has to transcribe all this. So I'm going to ask someone to make sure that you listen to this and trans tran transcribe it. So I was hesitating to come up, but then uh, Emily just shared what she had to. Thank you. Um, so Joseph, a young man of 17, was telling no, no. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. So over these past few years we've been here, God has had placed this ornate robe over us, and it's been blessing us, as everyone has been talking about. He's been shepherding us and growing us. But now it's time for others to ride on our coattails. So as Emily was saying that as she, she saw the horse riding, um, as we move forward, it's time for people to grab onto those coattails so that we can bring them to the other side. And like you were saying, it will be quick. It will be yeah, fast. It will be very fast. Yeah. That's one of the things you've got to be aware of, guys. That the, come, come, Renny. That the next year will be super fast. Eh? Uh, like there will be such a pace to things that uh, before you can adjust, you'll be already caught in the flow of things. Just be aware of that. Um, okay, so as we go into a new church place, God is bringing us into a new phase. I sense that God is saying that in this new phase, a new level of boldness will be granted to us. This boldness will allow us to preach and proclaim the kingdom of God and teach about Jesus with all openness, boldness unhindered and unrestrained. Awesome. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Jillian, you had something? Hey, uh, uh, Bonnie Henry said guys can come up too. Yeah. I can give it to you. Um, I was just asking God about today what we, um, something that we're stepping into. And so um, as we step into this new thing, I have two verses. The first one is Psalm 63, verse 2. It says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. This is a step deeper into the sanctuary for us. And it's a place where we are to behold God and discover his power and glory anew in a step beyond where we've ever discovered him up till this point. And as we discover his glory and power anew, we will speak out his glorious splendor of his majesty, and we will meditate on his wonderful works. And I was just reminded of what we're talking about, even how um, this building is starting, how we've come into this building, that this is something that we're supposed to talk about. This will be a time about talking about God anew. And as we talk about him, because we talk about him, like Moses' face was radiant when he was with God, we will become a people that are radiant to the world. And when people see us, they won't be able to miss God. Hey guys, uh, one of the things we need to do is make sure that we talk about what God has done as we move into this next place. Eh? People don't believe stuff like this happens anymore. Our God is a very natural God now. He ain't supernatural. He doesn't do anything amazing. He's tamed. He's very domestic. He ain't a lion. We've got to begin to talk about this and look foolish. And people will either think you're fibbing or they'll think um, 
you're true. It doesn't matter. Uh, Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 says that. Uh, make sure you talk to your children about it. Make sure it comes from within you and that you put it in your children and your children talk about it. So make sure we speak of what God is doing, eh? what he has done and what... I mean, I love Deuteronomy 32. That's happened to all of us. Found in a windswept wasteland and he takes us and changes us. Come, John. I said, John. Come, John. Close enough. Uh, throughout this um, pandemic, God's been speaking to me about the harvest. And I don't know, God speaks to me in poetry. That's just the way he made me. Um, he's given me so many poems, and I believe this one is for this time. And it's called Harvest Now. COVID is finished, and the time has come to proclaim to the world and show forth the sun. Thank you. Yeah. We'll declare the name of Jesus to all those that we meet, to the lost and the dying, to those that we greet, to those who are hurting, to those who are blind, to those in addictions, to all that we find. We say, come out of darkness and step into the light. A new life is waiting in the power of his might. Your sin has been paid for. The gift is so free. Jesus paid all your debt. Just call and you'll see. The kingdom is waiting for all who will come, for each son and daughter who comes to the son. Um, Jacob was just telling, uh, tell everybody, I actually went out with a girl yesterday and, and told her uh, how this has come to be and she literally was um, blown away. So um, this is what we're heading into and um, I, every one of us I know is, is gonna get opportunities. They're just yeah. gonna come so fast. Yeah. So praise God. Awesome, thank you, Joan. Anyone else? Aaron, you're next after Karen. Because your names match, Aaron, Karen, so you come up next. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, Michael and I started coming here um, the September you were moved here. And so we've been here the whole time you've been here. Um, and we came from a place of not wanting to be part of your traditional church at all or Me anything. Especially. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob talks about how Michael sat there like this. Yeah, the first time <laughs> Michael sat, he sat like this. <laughs> with a grumpy face. The face resting, hasn't changed, but the heart beef, has changed. Resting bee face, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I really, I felt the Lord had spoken to me. I had come to the ladies' retreat that you had on Main Street um, in the spring, and then I really felt the Lord was telling me over the summer that we needed to start coming to this church. And, um, and so I just sort of mentioned that to him a few times <laughs> and he finally agreed we could start in September so that's when we started but <laughs> um, it, it's been such a time of healing and restoration and finding out what church is supposed to be and how church is supposed to work because um, so many people don't know what that is at all and I'm so grateful and I'm grateful to Pilgrim for letting us be here um, and I just really want to bless them 
you know, yeah. in the name of the Lord. May they yeah. be blessed and may this be a time of growth and renewal for them. Yeah. That as we leave, there's no void felt at all. That what comes in will just blow their minds. Like yeah. they will be so thankful to God for how he is blessing them. Yeah. Awesome. And what Jacob said about, about telling what God has done really struck struck me and we have to remember that that the world will look at something like that and say what a great coincidence that was you know what it just the universe brought it all together but we know that it's our god it's our father in heaven who has orchestrated it for us who's planned it and that it's happened according to his plan that 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 jacob would contact the the fellow on, on Craigslist and that the guy would reply and agree to meet and and then say, well, I want 8,000, but but 6,500 is all you can afford, but you guys you guys just feel right, and so you get it. When there's so many others who wanted it, it's, it's, it's a divine appointment. It's God's divine appointment for us, and we really need to, to take that to heart and, and to, and to make, that part of, make that part of our story about how, how good God is to us. Amen, thank you guys. Karen, Aaron, aren't you so glad your rhyme name doesn't rhyme with Karen? Because you would be up next. Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like Heidi and Jacob earlier were talking about, you know, how the, the church has kind of prospered uh, since we came here. And I just feel like um, when I think about it, uh, it, it also reflects on the people in the church that we've also prospered as well. And so yeah. uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, that that doesn't stop just because we're leaving this place. It's that we're going to continue on and we're going to continue getting bigger and bigger. And uh, we're on to bigger and bigger and bigger things as well. Awesome, man. Put you on the spot and wisdom comes out. Really, Aaron, thanks so much. It's so true, eh? Because one of the things that you need to realize is whatever happens to a people happens to the individual. So when a church begins to prosper, the people begin to prosper individually. I mean, Heidi's bank account, you should see it now. <laughs> Even though she's retired. My bank account, you should see it now. I've never been so rich in my life. And it has nothing to do with church money. <laughs> Anyone else? So, little thing came to my mind. Recently, Pruffle and I were in here. We were, we were just uh, going in and out, grabbing some equipment, right? And I don't know who it was, who, what they were talking about, but they, they were speaking. And me and Pruffle, we sat at the stairs there, and we were listening. And I asked them, do you hear the Holy Spirit in what they're saying? And we both agreed that we couldn't. It was there. It was not there. And... I felt kind of sad about that, right? So everything that God has shown us and done for us in here, it's just full of the Holy Spirit. But this other group, whoever it was, I don't know, they, it wasn't there. It was gone. So I just wanted to, as the, we were speaking about blessing this other, these other people in here. Um, some plant and some harvest, and I know God has promised us this amazing harvest. Some we don't, we don't know what it is. But we have also planted, right? So... The churches that meet in here, Pilgrim and others, as they come, they're going to reap the harvest that 
that we have planted here, and it's going to blow their minds, like Karen said. So yeah, I just want to bless this, these other churches with prosperity, and not just financially like they've done for us, with people and, yeah, all these things that God has given us that are so undeniable that these will, other churches will taste what we have tasted because we have certainly tasted of God's goodness. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, how come you get a little more applause than others? So I was just uh, standing Hey, there. who's this person in your arms? Oh, <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Caleb. Hi, Caleb. Caleb Seabird. <laughs> uh, Sorry, who's this? Caleb. Have you guys seen Caleb before? This is Caleb. Does the mother want to come out for a second? Uh, I know where she is. She's there. You can just stand in the back, Shika. <laughs> we don't remember what you look like. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Yay! <laughs> Danny, you want to come? Yes, of course. No. Yay! <laughs> 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 All right, sorry, you were going to say something important. Um, no, I was just um, thinking about the past, um, at least the last one year, and over the last uh, one month or so, we've been praying about the church, about the city, actually. And uh, um, and I was just thinking about Vancouver and the picture that they put up, um, and Deuteronomy 9 came up. Here, Israel, Acts 29, you're now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispose, dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky. And one of the things that reminds me is um, about war, when you conquer a high ground, you get, you possess that place too. And not just because we, and by possessing it, we essentially watch over the land. And that city, when we put up the picture, and we're technically on high ground looking over the rest of Vancouver, we are now tasked with watching over, watching over Va Vancouver and be the, the watchtower that sees the enemy coming and, re and warn the rest of the city and pray over them. And that's what I was reminded of when, uh, when we, as we walk into, as we cross and cross the Jordan to go and possess this new land. Um, cool, man. And I thought I'll just share that. Very good, Subin. Thank you. Hey, uh, my teaching is going to be super short. Uh, Tuni, you're on probation. You can't come up. Okay, come. Hey, did I tell you there are two rooms for probation people at that new place? Yeah. One is really hot, it's got the furnace, that's where Tony will be going, and the other one's for other people. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, Dinah is with me, so yeah. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, I want to share what happened um, Friday morning. Um, so, um, you know, remember I taught a course uh, uh, with, with master's students um, back in India um, in the winter. Uh, so he was one of my students. So um, he's in the final year, and he was asking me about 
the options of uh, going for further studies or uh, what he he wanted to do. So, um, so we've been talking about those things, and he has this problem of stammering. So every four seconds he would stammer, and there's not even a single sentence where he would speak it smoothly. So, um, but then he has a heart for God and he wants to do ministry with young people. So, you know, we've been talking about these things and um, we're talking about future, you know. God will ultimately heal you. I was, I was what I was saying. And, um, you know, just trust in the Lord and work on it and make sure that you are thinking the words in your mind before you say it out and try not to make a mistake. So those some were some of the things we were discussing. And, and I felt like God was saying, just pray for him. So we, we started praying. And, and, you know, God said, why wait for future? You know, I'll do it right now. So then, you know, I started praying for an immediate healing. And boom, there you go. And, like, he was healed right, right there. <laughs> and, and <coughs> Awesome, Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, after our Zoom conversation, um, he was like, he was silent and, and he was saying, I don't know. I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. He, you know, he kept saying that. And, you know, yesterday, more, uh, yesterday evening, I called him again, just out of curiosity, whether he'll stammer. And lo and behold, nothing was happening. It praise was, God, man. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, praise God. So, you know, what I want to say here is that, um, you know, Jacob was saying that enough teaching. Mm, you know, we got to go out, right? Because signs and wonders will follow. And, that, and that's exactly what, what's happening. And so, you know, I didn't trust myself, and nor, nor will I. You know, but and who, who am I? But then, um, like it's a it's a great time to extend our tent. That's what we were talking about, right? And God is with us. God is with us, friends. Amen. You're still on probation, but good story. Okay, guys, uh, isn't it cool? I just got a message from the church in Brisbane. Uh, they are meeting in a little while. Uh, things happen that we don't know of. That while we are meeting here, the church we planted in Brisbane is also meeting. So uh, a lot of things are just happening. We're not aware of it. I get thrilled when I get notices like this saying, will you be coming? I'll have to tell them I can't make it. But it's fascinating. Let's just pray for Pilgrim and then we'll sing, raise a hallelujah. And then we'll teach and then we'll end with the song on the desert that she sang the first time. And we'll still make it out of here by four. Sam, I hope you told your family that this goes long, right? Good. Yeah. Okay. Father, we just want to bless Pilgrim. So I, I'm not going to do all the praying, but we'll voice out things we want to bless this church with. We just thank you that they opened their uh, doors for us. And then they gave us a rental that's like ridiculously cheap. So we just want to uh, bless them in different areas of life. They, they've been f they've been kind to us. They've they've accommodated us. Corinne, who sets up the schedule, has always been uh, someone who's shown us favor. The pastor here, Shell, he's been generous with his time and his friendship. So we just want to speak out blessing upon this church. So we'll just take a couple of minutes to speak blessings upon this church and the churches that meet here. We just want to speak it out, like Evan was saying. So let's go, guys. Let's leave well. Let's leave well.
You'll have to uh, shout it a little louder. Yeah. Open their eyes to see who you are and walk in the fullness of Christ, how you have blessed them at Sinai. You bless them back, O Father. Yeah. May their eyes open, may their ears hear yeah. what you have for them and see it happen. Yeah. May people from the street walk over here, Lord. That was my prayer. Yeah. I read that prayer for this people here. Yeah. 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 Father, we bless Shell and his family, his wife and his children. May they prosper in the ways of the Lord. May they recognize Christ as their Lord, not the God of their father, but as their Lord. May they know him passionately. May his house be protected. May this church be protected from fires, from harm. May his children and his wife be protected. We bless them in Jesus' name. Father, may this church never experience any lack. Yeah. Yeah. Two more guys. Yeah. One more. Father, we bless children for their flexibility and resilience yeah. in adapting this space and modernizing it according to according to your direction. And, and we we ask for that you enable and prompt them to do the furnishing to 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 walk into the plan that you have for them. And that, that you would not let them get stalled, but that they would move farther into the plan that you have for them, and that that they would prosper into your kingdom, and that and that everyone who comes to this place would be would be blessed. Amen. You know what? Let's put raise a hallelujah at the end. Let's do let's take a 5 minute break now and then let's go into the teaching. Cool?
This is part two of Rehoboth, and I, like I said, it's important that you listen to what we said yesterday to get a background on uh, what we're going to talk about today. And it's critical because it kind of begins to define what lies ahead for us. And um, the picture that we use for this teaching online is actually a picture of the well uh, that Abraham dug in Beersheba. It is supposed to be the same place. And uh, what is this? Will it hold this? Oh, great. But can you make it happen? Okay. You guys look like magicians and something's going to come out of that. Thanks for doing this, Betty. And thanks for putting it up. So um, while they do that, and towards the end of the show, it'll, yeah, I'll disappear. So, <laughs> so uh, Rehoboth part two. That picture is actually, that picture on the screen there is actually a picture of the well at Beersheba, uh, or supposedly the well at Beersheba that Abraham dug and that Isaac later moves on to in Genesis 26. So it's quite fascinated to find an actual picture of the place, assuming it is accurate. So um, please go listen to yesterday's teaching. I keep repeating it because it's important. So uh, I said this earlier and I'm saying it again um, so that when you lead, you know this too, that part of a leader's job is to locate God's people in the kairos of God. Part of a leader's job is to locate people, locate God's people in the kairos of God, as in what season are we in, oh God? And so yesterday we said that the space we are in right now is called Rehoboth, and we're moving to this place called Beersheba. So if you want to turn to Genesis 26, and we'll read so those of us who haven't had an opportunity to listen can at least know that these things are from Scripture. Genesis 26, verse um, 17 onwards. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And uh, he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, The water is ours. So he named the well Essek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one too, so they named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. So that's the passage we're uh, taking up. So um, we can wait while it's being done and then I'll kind of tell you uh, what we... We'll sum up what we said yesterday. I'm beginning to feel like a painter suddenly. <laughs> wow. This is better than Sheldon holding it.
No, this is. Okay. Yeah. And now does this thing come down? This is as high-tech as I've ever gotten. <laughs> Thanks so much, Benny. She's a painter. Doesn't that require a Bonnie Henry? Yes. That's what we'll call it now, a Bonnie Henry. Yeah. OK, so guys, here are some of the things we said yesterday that we need to look at. Physically, so here's a physical change that's happening to us. Physically, we are. Now, um, moving into a place where we have wells, vineyards, produce that we did not that we did not build, plant, grow. Physically, that's where we are headed. God's given us wells, God's given us vineyards, God's given us produce that we did not plant, we did not grow, we did not build. So that's the first thing we need to understand. Spiritually, and we talked about this yesterday, so I'm recapping yesterday. Spiritually, hey, but remember this, everything that applies to a people applies to an individual. So re think, think like this. Okay, so if this is happening to us as a people, this will happen to me as an individual or as a family. That the same thing that God is doing with the people is what always happens to the individual. It's the way the Old Testament would show how land would be allocated to a people and what would happen? Each person would get a parcel of land. Same principle. Spiritually, we said yesterday that here are the things that are going to happen. I'm so glad we have this board today because I needed it. Spiritually, God will make room God will make room. It's in um, uh, um, Genesis 26 verse 18 or thereabouts. God will make room for us. God will make room for us. This is not some kind of an effort where you got to take a machete and create room. God will make room for us. Two, plenty of space to spread out. Plenty of space to spread out. God will make room for us. Plenty of space to press spread out. And third one, fruitful in the land. These are the three things that will happen spiritually. So as we leave this place today, by 4 o'clock, <laughs> and as we head out to the new place, physically we are getting wells, vineyards, produce that we did not build, plant, or grow. God is gifting it to us, saying, hey, here, you always labored to build wherever I've sent you. Guess what? This time around, here it is. Just plug and play. I'm doing it for you. What a cool God, huh? It's pretty incredible, man. It's like buying a house with everything in it and you didn't pay for it. That's what God's done. Second, sp 
spiritually, and this is more important, spiritually, God will make room for us in this city, in this region. God will make room, as in he will take a machete, cut down stuff so that there's enough room for us too. There'll be plenty of space to spread out. Meaning, this is not, the next 12 months will be, you know, it, it was strange how when we moved to uh, those shop fronts on Main Street, God said, listen, you move here and it'll be super expensive. But if you move here, I'll increase you. And so we moved there. For us, at that time in our lives, it was stupid expensive. But we moved there. And the only person who was a young adult when we moved there was Derek. And now look at you. Like there are too many of you. And Derek's old. <laughs> Thank God he's not here. Eh? Don must be listening to this. If he's not hacking Derek's phone while we are talking. Yes, yeah, so, so Derek was the only young guy. And, and to think that, uh, I mean, there was a teenager we had, but that was Ryan. <laughs> Ryan is no longer a teenager. But it was, and God increased the numbers. And then he brought in Betty and Prashant. Oh my God. And then everything changed for the better. better. Okay. <laughs> so, so God will make room. And second, plenty of space to spread out. Plenty of space to spread out. And the third one is fruitful in this land. And all this is going to happen in the next 12 to 16 months. We'll have to try really hard to screw this up. And it's highly unlikely. So it's going to work out. Because it's a God thing. Any questions before we move on, move on? Guys, I was looking at stuff that was said in uh, 2010. And I'm thinking to myself, I can say with Joshua, from Joshua chapter 24, verse 13, everything that God has said, he has done, he has been faithful. Just this morning I was looking at stuff from 2010. It's just that, God is running faster nowadays. And then the last thing is, from here on, don't get too comfy with all these nice things because I'm leading you to a place, we talked about this yesterday, to a place called Beersheba, where your children or you guys, your descendants, will become a nation. where your descendants will become a nation. What does that mean? It means that the next phase we go to, the way we function will become so common across the earth that it will be a new way of Christians uh, practicing Christianity. No more, no more clergy laity divide. It will be the common priesthood of believers. I really believe that. The churches will no longer meet in places like this or even in the churchy building we'll be meeting in. That this idea of us doing what used to happen in Acts chapter 2 will actually come alive. That it'll happen. And that will be a model for the rest of the earth. Rest of the earth, really, Jacob? Yep. Why? Because we got that kind of a God. Hey, he's using very ordinary people like you. Just look at you yourself for an instant. Look how ordinary you are. 
this is where he really does well, ordinary people. Okay. So the question we want to ask today is, so Jacob, you've been telling us that we are going the house church route, that uh, just uh, practice church in a very simple manner, meeting in a house or a park. Why then would God give us a space that looks as churchy as they come with an organ? Doesn't make sense. Over the last two, three, four years, we've been talking about uh, churches that have the feel of a home, that meet as families joined together. Going back to Acts chapter 2, they met at homes. They taught at homes. And then why is it that God is giving us a place like this when we are going to actually become churches that are simple and that meet in homes and parks? So here are the reasons. And I want you to hold on to this. Why give us a space like this with an organ? Um, one, one of the things God wants to do is establish what he did in Acts chapter 18, which is the school of Tyrannus. Acts 18, 9. So if you go to Acts 18, 9, hey, this is really good. Huh? Anytime you want to get out of probation, let me know. Acts 18.9. No, it's not 18.9. Acts 19.9. Acts 19.9. Okay, so here's what it says. Starting at verse 8. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him, and he had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So one of the things that's going to happen through this space that God has given us is that it will become a place of training and sending. It will not replace the trajectory God has us on, which is this idea of churches meeting like fam churches having the social fabric of a family meeting in homes and parks. That will continue unabated, unstoppable. But places like this will give us the freedom to have a school of Tyrannus kind of model where training and sending will happen too. This is something God said to us in 2006. That listen guys, you will be a resource center or a granary. He said this ages ago and he's repeated it a few times. That listen, I want you to be a granary or granary where people can come and take what they want and you give it to them free. Don't charge them. Don't be Joseph-like where he charged them and took their land. Whatever they want, when they come for grain, give it free. Give it free. Don't put any copyright on it. Give it free. And that's the second thing it'll be. Where if you go to, if you go to um, Acts chapter 11, 19 onwards, you see that the church in Antioch was like that. The church in Antioch would deliberately target people who weren't like them. 
So if you go to Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 26, Antioch was a granary of sorts. Antioch was like a resource center. Hey, Shiloh, do you like those pictures? Let me know which one you want, huh? And I'll get you one of those. That one, okay. You could just meet me after the service and I'll make sure I have that. Yeah? You want to keep that magazine for a while? Okay. So, Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 26. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Jews. Now listen to the next line. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was on them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Check that out in the message. I love what the message says there. Where's my phone? Anyone see my phone? Okay, if you find my phone, please let me know. Oh, is it there? I love what the message says. No? Can you check with Phoebe? Okay, <laughs> it's somewhere, guys. Um, the message puts it beautifully. Uh, verse 22, news of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they, Diana, man, everyone's getting scot-free from probation except Tuni. <laughs> so, Acts chapter 11. I love what it says in, verse, in, in the message. Acts chapter 11, verse 19 onwards. Look what it says, eh? Verse 20. Then some of the men from Cyprus and Cyrene who had come to Antioch started talking to Greeks, Greeks giving them the message of the Master Jesus. Listen to this next line. God was pleased with what they were doing and put his stamp of approval on it. Quite a number of the Greeks believed and turned to the Master. Sometimes God's approval is all you need for people to be drawn to him. When God's approval rests on a people, there's a certain favor that begins to attract people. Verse 20 actually says that. Uh, verse 22. When the church in Jerusalem got wind of this, they sent Barnabas to Antioch to check on things. As soon as he arrived, he saw that God was behind and in it all. He threw himself in with them, got behind them, urging them to stay with it the rest of their lives. He was a good man that, uh, that way, enthusiastic and confident in the Holy Spirit's way. The community grew large and strong in the Master. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus and looked for Saul. He found him and brought him back to Antioch. They were there a whole year meeting with the church and teaching a lot of people. It was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. I expect that we will become a place in less than a year where people will come to discover everything they need for their doing well spiritually. And Acts 13.1 will happen. Acts 13.1 says, In the church in Antioch were prophets, were teachers and eventually apostles. And I believe that once we remove this pastor-led idea of a church, others amongst us will be able to step into the roles of prophets, teachers, and apostles. Any questions? The other thing I want us to make sure over the next year, guys, 
is that we begin to model a resource center models how to parent, how to dress modestly, how to do business, how to do worship, not as a worship team, but as a people, how to divide and spread, how to handle money, how to be single, how to be married, that we begin to model this so that over a period of time, people will come and say, show us how you do it. This is for the long haul, guys. People need to see a place where this is practiced. Any questions? Any questions? How to grow old. It's essential. I'll be blooming 56 in a week. How to grow old well. Because we want to present to the world what a new culture in Christ looks like. Jacob, all this is going to happen in a year. All this is going to start in a year, I guarantee you. Any questions? So if, you're aren't, if you aren't into this, Not see ya. If you aren't into this, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. If you aren't into this, change. Okay. Next. Yep. Sorry? Yeah, most of it will happen through uh, us breaking into smaller groups and teaching and practicing it. That's what Paul did. Paul would begin to teach. You know, every letter you read of Paul, right from Romans onwards, right till when he stopped writing, <laughs> um, every letter he writes always has three, the last three chapters dedicated to how do you create a new culture and live differently from the rest of the world. That's why all of Paul's last three chapters are boring, because you've read them before. Every letter ends the same way. So that's one way of doing it. And then practice that. And some of you will model it brilliantly. Some of you old guys, uh, and I know that's a terrible way to address people over 50, but I'm including myself in that, uh, will show how to do old really well. Some of you young guys will buck the trend and show people how to behave, dress, party without losing your morals or values or compromising them. Because you don't want to behave like a 50-year-old when you're 20. Okay, I'm so looking forward to the rest of this life. You know, I've got a niece. She's 22 or 23. I really like her. 
I want to I wanted to come here for a little while. Why? Because in the city in UK where she lives, she's still to find a group of young guys who can laugh their heads off and not lose their values. And then I look at you guys and I think to myself, you guys are the funniest bunch I've ever met. Really bad sense of humor, but <laughs> highly enjoyable. <laughs> Tuni, you got company, man. <laughs> You're laughing too loud, Mike. Wasn't that funny. Okay. Put him on the drums huh, and turn his volume off next Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Third, um, guys, uh, which leads straight into the next. Even counseling. What does counseling look like? What if we have a Jane and a um, someone else who begins to counsel, not like the world counsels, but the kind of spiritual counsel that liberates people, sets people free? Yeah. Remember the first three points that we made. What applies to the church applies to you. Think like that for the rest of for the rest of the year. Think along those lines. Third one. Some of you, regardless of age, will become like David's three or David's thirty. As in First Chronicles eleven. First Chronicles eleven, four to fourteen. First Chronicles eleven, four to fourteen. First Chronicles eleven, four to fourteen. Hey Heidi, could you just answer this call and tell him that I'm in a service? First Chronicles 11, 4 to 14. David and all the Israelites marched to Jerusalem. The Jebusites who lived there said to David, you will not get in there. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, the city of David. Go to verse 10. These were the chiefs of David's mighty men. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land, as the Lord had promised. This is the list of David's mighty men. Jashubim, a Hakmonite, was chief of the officers. He raised his spear. Thanks, man. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eliar, the son of Dodai, the Ahohite. One of the three mighty men, he was with David at Pass Damim when the Philistines gathered there for battle. At a place where there was a field full of barley, the troops fled from the Philistines, but, they took, but he took their stand in the middle of the field. They defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought a great victory. Three of the 30 chiefs, and it, that entire chapter, re, go to verse 20, oh no, go to verse uh, 16. Um, Jeevan named his uh, nephew Benaiah. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. Oh, that's uh, what Evan said he wouldn't do. Uh, verse, verse 22. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzil who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall. Although the Egyptian had a, speaker, had a spear like a weaver's rod, rod in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched a spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He too was famous as the three mighty men. At the end of the day, what I'm trying to convey is this. 
in this group of people right now will rise up David's three and David's 30. And it's completely up to you because there's plenty of room for that. And I'm not David. I'm talking about God right now. Where you begin to decide that, okay, since we are moving into this new place and God is going to really accelerate things, since he's making room for us, since he's saying to us that you will spread north, south, east, and west, since he's saying to that, I'm giving you open, wide spaces, since he's saying that you're a horse that's charging through a war zone fast and picking up people, well, I'm going to step up. Thank you for the very enthusiastic response. <laughs> Thank God he knows your hearts. Because he couldn't go by your face. He'd lose at poker with you. But this is what God is calling us for, eh? And some of you are already stepping up. I mean, when um, Jane was reading Deuteronomy 32 here, I almost felt like weeping because I remember 2017 when she came and what she is now. I've seen how she stepped up. I've seen how Betty stepped up with reckless love. The first time I heard Betty singing reckless love, I thought, my God, this girl has potential. And it was not with singing, it was just with living. I look at May, I look at Nick. There's nobody here that isn't changing, man. Even Mike's heart has changed. His face will soon show it. I just had to take that shot at you, Mike. <laughs> Guys, all I'm saying is I'm so encouraged by you and I'm so looking forward to this next year with you. It's going to be one of the best years of this church's life. Why? Because God is making room for us, man. I love the way the older ones in this church have stepped back to create room for the younger ones, but they've stepped back only in terms of space, not in terms of commitment and prayer and stuff like that. I noticed that. Moving on, next one. This place will be like the tanner's house. There was a guy called Simon the Tanner. Acts chapter 9, verse 43. Acts chapter 10, Peter is seeing this vision. What does he see in this vision? A sheet being lowered. What was in the sheet? All kinds of creepy crawlies. Some edible, some non-edible. Some kosher, some non-kosher. And then God says, eat. And Peter says, nope. God says, eat. Peter says, nope. God says, eat. Peter says, nope. God says, what I say is okay, is okay. What I call uh, um, uh, sacred, you cannot call common. One of the things you have to realize and prepare your hearts and minds for this. And if you're resistant to change, this year will be one of the most miserable years in your life. Oh yeah, I forgot that. If you are resistant to change, or if you're comesy-comesa about change, or if you're neutral about change, as in let change come and go past me, but I shall not move an inch, then this will be one of the most miserable years in your life. May you survive it to come to Beersheba. Well, one of the things God will do is he'll completely change our way of functioning. And I want to say to you that the person most uncomfortable with that is me. Because I like being the pastor. I like doing the things I do. I like having my finger in every pie and being able to uh, make things happen the way I like it. This is going to be hard for me, but I'm so looking forward to it. I'm the guy who's going to lose the most amount of power this year. And I'm the guy who's going to gain the most amount of power this year. 
Like Peter, who saw the vision at the Tanner's house, God is saying, don't call common what I have declared, declared kosher. If I say it's okay, it's okay. One of the ways God makes room is by having us make room for him. And so look for him, expect him, but don't expect him to do things a particular way that you like. He can break it in a minute. The only question we have to ask when we change things is, is there precedent for it in the Bible? Is there a practice that was practiced in the Bible? Is this from the nature of God? If these three questions can be answered, then we must be agreeable to it. Is there a precedent in the Bible? Is there a practice in the Bible? Does this conform with the nature of God? This place must completely devolve to the point where all that happens mostly happens during the week and Sundays are for these things. Yep. Yeah, a president is a... Pr uh, I, I didn't want to use the word principle, so I use the word president. So if I were to use the word principle, it would be, is there a principle in the Bible that we can now uh, transpose into the 21st century? That would still hold good. Second, is there, is there a practice in the Bible? Like people say there's gold dust and feathers falling from the um, roof when we worship. There's neither principle nor practice in the Bible that allows that. So we can't just welcome any change and say this change is from God. It has to have a principle underlying or a practice either in the book of Acts or in the Old Testament where such a thing happened. And finally, does it match up with the nature of Jesus Christ? Because in Jesus Christ is displayed the full nature of Yahweh. That's how we judge things. Guys, at present, according to my count this morning, um, there are 10 active house churches. There are 10 active churches that meet in homes. And there are at least two or three others that are in formation. And I'm hoping that by September 4th, we'll have 20. And these will be, this will be the path that we'll be taking for the next one year and into the future. At present, there are 10, and at least two or three that are nascent. I'm hoping that by September 4th, there'll be 20. Like someone said, how much more teaching do you need before you can give out? So that is the pathway we are taking. Is that biblical? Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47. I got one more reason after that, and so we'll stop then. Hey, you got to decide which song, Rays or Desert. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. I know you've heard this before, but um, listen to it. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved at public gatherings and in homes. So it would be both. So this would be the gathering that happens once a week where we 
go through some of these things we are talking about, but most of the work will happen in homes. I will show the world that it works. We'll show the world that ordinary people who don't have much of a voice and who don't have great oratorial skills and who haven't been to Bible school but know the nature of God and know the power of the Holy Spirit and live lives that are Christ-like, have the ability to teach, to break bread, to baptize, to work miracle signs and wonders, ordinary fishermen. This is what we're looking at, guys. If you get a year there, great. If you get two years there, great. At the end of the two years, people will come saying, show us how this is done. And what will we say? We'll say John 1.32. Come and see. This ain't a pipe dream. It is Jesus' dream. That's why it will work. If it was my dream, my God. God help you. But this is what the Holy Spirit was doing, man. The only one who stands in the way is perhaps me. At public gatherings and in homes, we will practice these things. The priesthood of believers, I know that's a big term. All it means is that we'll all learn how to how to do the work of ministry. We'll have a common set of teachings so that we all follow the same principles of the word. I know you know all this. We'll try to raise the family of God as in your last name is not Schmidt, nor Ford, nor Lung, nor Strobel. Your last name is, I belong to this family called the family of God and my family is secondary. It's not unimportant, but it is no longer primary. And that is a biblical principle. Don't even challenge me on that. I can give you scriptures on that like right off the cuff and it would be difficult then because once you challenge someone on something and they give you scriptures, you don't have a choice, right? You either obey or disobey God. Only challenge people on things that are iffy. And then the last thing is radical participation. Radical participation, like we are beginning to do. Inward maturity, so that you're constantly increasing. And outward movement, meaning no self-ingrown toenails. R-I-O. Radical participation, inward maturity, outward movement. Last point. Why are we, what are we going to do with the space? We're going to do what Paul did with his rented space. Paul in Rome also rented a space. It must have been a big space. I don't know how big, but they put a soldier on him saying, this guy will guard you, but you can live anywhere you want and do what you want. Go to Acts 28, verse 23. Acts 28, verse 23. Acts 28, verse 23. Acts 28, verse 23. 
Um, so just touch on verse 16 and then we'll go to 23. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Verse 23. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. Verse 30, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Guys, do this, eh? Even as house churches, if you can't call them home, say, hey, we got this place on Joyce and Tanner, 4708 Joyce. Come there. Invite people in. Invite people in. Call them in. Paul called them in for two years, man, in a rented space that he had. What if we get this place for two years? We're aiming at one right now, but what if it's two? This thing is going to be marvelous, man. Any questions? I'm done. And it's a very new neighbor. Uh, it's a very different neighborhood from the ones we've been on, been in. It's a very diverse, relatively new immigrant neighborhood. It'll be, f yeah. Already, uh, we've met kids who are playing in the parking lot, and an older couple that walks around, uh, doing their walks and stuff like that. And um, even though we only have two keys. Um, Feel free to use that space. It'll be your space, except the office with an attached washroom. That belongs to the pastor. <laughs> I would give it up, but with a fight. So, uh, yeah. Or at least let me enjoy it for the first month. I feel like a senior pastor. After that, you can use the washroom. Yeah. <laughs> so. Alrighty, any questions? No questions? Cool. Last thing I want to do is um, something I said um, yesterday, and I'm saying again today, is um, we don't need money uh, at present for the rental. We are good because of the money that God has blessed us with, like Heidi was saying. But um, I do feel that Deuteronomy 26, 1 to 11 is something that we should practice. And I explained it yesterday. And for those who were not there yesterday, I'm going to read out that scripture and tell you what we're planning to do. Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 to 11. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you, and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in the office at the time, I declare today <laughs> to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our forefathers to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands, set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, putting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our father, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror, with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God. Bow down. This is the coffee now. 
It's going really fast. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. And you and the Levites and the aliens among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. So since we are entering into a new land, whatever you sense you should give, bring. And bring it as a first fruits. And here's what we'll do. We'll take out of that a large portion and give it to another church that is either starting or needs help. So this is not so that we can supplement our rent. This is so that as we step into this new land, we bless another church that will get a brand new start too. So whatever you sense you need to put, feel free to, if, you've, if you're prepped for today, you can put it in this thing today. If you're not prepped for today and you want to use those beautiful offering boxes in the new place, you can drop it in there. They've got two, one on each side. So, um, and there's no compulsion, no obligation, no necessity, but I really think this will bless someone else, bless you, and bless us. Uh, it'll be a really cool thing to do. So it doesn't matter whether it's five bucks or a thousand bucks, feel free. And um, um, the only reason, yeah, five bucks or a thousand bucks, doesn't matter. And uh, write Rehoboth on the check or the memo or on your interact, just write Rehoboth and they'll know what it is for. And then we'll take and give it, give a large portion of that to someone who is just starting off their church so that they get a huge uh, leap. So as we sing this last song, um, if you brought it now, you can put it here or you can do it between now and July 18th. I'll send you an email letting you know the details of the open house. And uh, that's it. Oh, that's not it. I had one last thing to do. But go ahead. Just one sec, Jane. Hey, Elisa, this word is for you. Here's what God is saying to you. Observant one, sensitive one, tough one. Your heart is open to me and it is so receptive to who I am. And I love that you don't pretend. So take a stand at my watch post every morning. Find yourself on my tower and look out to see what I am saying to you. And I will answer concerning all your complaints. One more time. Elisa, observant one. Th these are things that God says about you. Lisa, observant one, sensitive one, tough one. Your heart is open to me and it is so receptive to who I am. And I love that you don't pretend. So take your stand at my watch post. Station yourself on my tower and look out to see what I will say to you and how I will answer concerning, concerning your complaints and concerns. I'll uh, send this to your dad and then you can take it from him. Go ahead.
so as we sing this, um, I was asking God, how, how do you want us to sing this? Because usually we sing this as like a battle cry, going in to face a monster kind of thing. But the kind of battle he was showing me that this, that we're entering into now is a very unique kind of battle. And he brought me to 2 Kings 7, where the four lepers went out of the city gate and went and saw that the army had fled. Mm. And they were just, it was just an entire camp of all the stuff they had left behind that the city now got to escape famine out of. And so that's the kind of battle um, that he's saying is before us. Actually, you're not up against a monster. Like, I've already done it for you. But now it's about entering in and asking me, what do we do with this now? There's a very different vibe, but, um, but still the stance of, yes, Father, we're entering, and we will raise the hallelujah, and we will keep raising it yes. as we enter into what he's called us.
sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder. difficult things about this song is you don't know how to end it so you can go sing a little louder again and again and again but we won't because it's 405 <laughs> so uh, look around this place has been good to us uh, next week we'll be meeting somewhere else so hang out a little longer if you want to and uh, then we'll drag you out of here <laughs>